Hello, everyone. Welcome to the No Shot Clock podcast. This is Joe Hendrickson, the City Suburban Hoops Report, and with me, as always, is Michael O'Brien, the Chicago Sun Times. We are we're on episode number fifty-four of the podcast, and uh, we got you know a little bit of a topic we're going to hit with some of the surprises that we've seen, Mike, over the course of this season. Through well, we're about two-thirds of the way in, and we've got public league playoffs on the horizon, seedings in a couple of weeks, so. Uh, we, we hit that, that point in the season where, you know, the shootouts are kind of winding down and we're waiting for a little bit more of, um, well, to get closer to that state tournament. Yeah, definitely sort of the dog days of the season right here. Dog days of the podcast as well. Joe and I are worried we don't have much, uh, exciting new topics, but we're going to, we're going to do our best here to get through it. We're going to talk about some of the surprises. Then we're going to have a brief look at the week ahead. We'll do our two takes as always. And I just wanted to mention, we won't be doing any questions this episode. We're going to change the listener question thing. We're going to do, once a month at least, we'll do a mailbag episode where the whole episode is questions. That's the plan. So keep the questions coming. I'll ask for them next week on Twitter. That way I think we can keep the podcast length down to a more reasonable amount. The the questions were kind of helping things get out of hand. But let, let, let's hit, let's start with these surprises, Joe. Well, two t- are we going to do our two takes first or surprises? Uh, let's do our two takes. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, I, I, my first take, Mike, is I did a story breaking down the unbeaten teams that are ranked in your top 25, Geneva, Fremd, Bolingbroke, and I, just a little bit different type of twist. I wanted to talk to coaches that have played those teams and have them as candidates as they wanted to be strengths, weaknesses, what could beat that team, what impressed them, kind of all off the record, but going to be used, just not with names attached. And what I found interesting, what I mean, I talked to several coaches for each of these teams. I played each of these teams. And through all those conversations, which took a while, it was just interesting to me that when you talk about, we talked about Geneva and Fremd. There wasn't one time a coach – brought up an individual player's name, not one single time. It was, I mean, you, you look at it now and you say, well, yeah, okay, I get it because that's the kind of team they are. But, you know, with Bolingbrook, a number of coaches brought up Malik Benz or they talked about Nana Atkinson or, you know, but you talked about Geneva and you talked about Fremd, not one single player's name was even mentioned. I just th- I think that says is the epitome of, of, of why – or what those teams are about, and why they've had the success that they've had. That even the coaches, I mean, the coaches, the one of the coaches just rattled off numbers um, as he was talking. Couldn't even name a player in the kid on the team. And I, I just that's pretty cool with what high school basketball is about. You look at the NBA is star driven, and and you, you you see this total team effort, this camaraderie, this chemistry and this unique feel among these two teams, and it's and it's pretty special for what the, the seasons that they've had. Nice. Well, I think we know why Geneva's undefeated if their opposing coaches don't know any of their players. <laughs> 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 That's not a real good sign. Jeez. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but, I mean, it, it is. That's what those teams are made of. I mean, yes, they've got some nice players, but uh, by and large, they have gotten it done. With If you, if you go back and read the, the comments, they're almost they're, they're very similar to each other. 
with what these coaches had to say about those two teams. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting read. And listeners, this is why coaches shouldn't do rankings. Um, they know an awful lot about their own team and the teams in their conference. And after that, not so much. Um, all right, my first take, you know, because we've been a little rough on them. I think me especially. I'm going to give a little kind of tip of the hat to Morgan Park for that big win at Simeon in the Battle of Vincennes. And it was interesting because the way they won was how we thought they would win this year. It's just taken a while for that to happen. They dominated the boards, 34-25. to 25. It was actually quite a bit worse until the end of the fourth quarter. Simeon made a little run, started getting some boards. But Linnell Henry, guy that doesn't get talked about a lot, he led the way with 11. Like, nobody else on the floor had more than five for either team. It was a very dominant performance for him. And I think that's the blueprint going forward. That's been the blueprint for a while. You know, we've blamed a little bit of Morgan Parks, not struggles, but the fact that they weren't necessarily an elite team on the fact that that second and third guard slot, you know, weren't great. But I think another big part of the problem was the bigs weren't rebounding like Morgan Park bigs had done, you know, in the Nick Irvin run, basically. You know, there's always three or four guys that are almost interchangeable that do nothing in there but rebound. And we saw that start to happen a little bit last week at Simeon. You know, Io DeSumo played well. Uh, Cam Irvin kind of shot them to the wind. So the guards did improve too. But I think a key going forward, and especially in the Class 3A tournament, if those bigs play like that, uh, Morgan Park is going to live up to, I think, what we thought they could be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that only – I mean, I, I didn't think they'd go into Simeon and win. I didn't. Um, but it didn't take away – whether to win or lose that game, it doesn't take away from the fact that – and I think I've mentioned this before, just if you had to take one public league team and, and give me a guarantee of where they're going to be at in March, and it doesn't matter if I think they're the best team, I think Morgan Park is your best bet for a deep March run. And they, I don't want to say guarantee, but – it's going to be very hard for them to, to, to not be playing in Peoria. Uh, you know, anything can happen in high school basketball, but just the way that, I mean, now, though, that enhanced that with that win to show that they can step up, beat a Simeon after losing to them at home. Uh, but And you're exactly right. I mean, they, if those bigs are playing, they don't even have to play great. They just have to be productive and consistent with that production they are going to really give 3A opponents on that route to Peoria fits because they've already got, you know, the star in Io DeSumo. My second take is a take off of a, a story you wrote, Mike, uh, in the paper on Monday. And that was, I have, man, this is 22 years of the City Suburban Hoops Report where I have done some sort of my publication recruiting service over 22 or 23 years now. And I can't remember one single year where, and it's not orchestrated that we're trying to churn up names and make it more of a player of the year race, but I have never seen a player of the year race with so many actual candidates that could actually win it. And it's been, I don't want to say it's, the player of the year winner in March is going to win by default. But right now it, it, it feels that way. And, you know, I, I, it's good that there's so many people involved in this player of the year race, which is a pretty big honor in Chicago basketball, uh, history. And, but it's also kind of, eh, 
I, I wish there would have been somebody that kind of took it by storm and, and ran off with it because it was there for the taking. But I just, you know, you put a list in the paper and I can't argue with anybody on that list. And I could probably added another name or two. And I don't know. I can't remember how many you had in that six or seven. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, I mean, there's seven, eight, nine guys who you could depend on the week say, argue that they're your player of the year. So I just, I, I just never seen this like this. We've had a great races where it's been up in the air between two guys or three guys and a lot of debate and argument. But I mean, no matter who's the player of the year this year, there is going to be a ton of argument and debate because you could probably argue at the end of the day, four or five, six other guys. Yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. I'm already getting phone calls with people arguing with me about it, and I haven't even picked it yet. So I don't know what there is to argue with. I mean, Demarius Jacobs is kind of the top guy that was not left and it was not on the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has nice numbers. They just need a win. You know, to, to me, he's not a contender right now because they just don't have that win. You know, yeah, would, I still put him as a contender, but just because he's been so numbers, they're still a ranked team. You, I mean, the other thing is they're going to make a well. I shouldn't say for sure, but they they got a great shot at making a big two way run. Yeah, well, and if they make a nice run in the city and they do pick up those wins, you know that's really yeah. gonna. He knocks off two good a team, even one really good team in the city tournament, and that's going to kind of shine the spotlight more on him. But right now, it just it's just not there uh, win wise in my mind for a player of the year candidate. Um, but yeah, you're right, Joe. It, it's a rough. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about it. It's getting a little frustrating for me at this point because um, I don't even know. Well, it's unprecedented, yeah. and, and that was kind of the point of my take. Is I just, yeah. I mean, after 22, 23 years, I have never, even when there's been a down year, we could mention the. I think you did mention it in your yeah. your piece, Kevin yeah. Dillard. Uh, he had a really nice year. He, he was probably killing. deserved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not typical. the same as that. Yeah, it's just, uh, uh, and it's this is just. It's just different and odd, and I've never seen it. And then it's even weirder because we have three undefeated, three major undefeated teams, and none of them has a candidate. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. in a Bolingbrook is so balanced. They yeah. have five guys in double figures, and then with the two teams I just mentioned where nobody names a player. So <laughs> it's uh, it's a, just a wacky season. Very strange. Um, my next take going to kind of be I got to want to talk a little bit about the war on the shore. Got my first look at St. Patrick this season. Um, Alton Thompson certainly lived up to his um, hype. I think he had, geez, 10, maybe 10 points in the first quarter. You know, as you, if you've seen him, you've seen the athleticism there. And Pat's, you know, boy, you know, it's easy to see why everybody w- was so excited about them. There's so much offensive talent and exciting players to watch. But then I also saw kind of what the problem is they just had this massive defensive letdown for like a solid three minutes and couldn't really recover it was in the third quarter they were leading heavily I think by 12 points when it started and all of a sudden Loyola just started picking them apart from backdoor layups to the Shamrocks not getting back on defense numerous times it was just this complete brain fart of a three or four minutes that totally changed the game and you know, it just defensively. If this team can figure it out defensively and play hard nosed defense, they're gonna. They, they definitely have potential. That's why I kept them in the Super Twenty Five, even though they lost to 
what two unranked teams this week, which I'm not going to do too often. But yeah, they were impressive. You know, Xavier Pinson's obviously a lot better than he was last year. He's looking good. They even had some nice bodies off the bench to do some rebounding, but it was it was kind of a shocking just collapse there in the third quarter um, to a Loyola team that they they generally can't score that quickly, you know, th- that easily. You know, this isn't a team full of offensive firepower, and they ripped off. I think it was like a. I don't know, 11 to two run. And they, they were just scoring buckets of points to get back in that game. So it was a little disappointing for Pats. Um, but I guess I can say, yeah, you can see the potential. The other one I want to talk about was Jacobs because they, they're back in the rankings. Connor Crutwig actually got challenged a little bit. New Trier has two bigs, uh, Spencer Bame and boy, is it Kieran Brayboy? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, and it was interesting to see Crutwig with that size. Cause it did influence him. He was not as dominant as I'd seen him in pretty much any other game in the last two years, it, those guys slowed him down a bit. Um, but Jacobs, you know, th- they have Ryan Phillips played a tremendous first half. Cooper Schwartz has been pretty solid for them. I- I'm third time I've seen them. And I can pretty safely say now, if they shoot well from the outside, they are really hard to beat. But if they don't, then they've got a lot of problems. And I, I think there's a lot of teams like that, but when they shoot well from outside with Crutwig down there, it makes you wonder about that sectional run. I think they have a higher ceiling than I initially thought. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with that. I mean, they, I think they were three of 20-something from three in the game. You saw them play Prairie Ridge, yeah. if I if I remember yeah. right. And, you know, I think that was well, then, um, what you are going to see from Jacobs. And Phillips is a kid. He's a junior who showed flashes last year. I think he just continues to progress, becoming more diverse of an offensive threat uh, as far as putting on the floor as well as knocking down shots. So, yeah, I, I, I've been a believer in Jacobs from the get-go, and I, I, I've always thought that they've had that ceiling of, of being a sectional champion. And that'd be, I believe, the first sectional championship in school history, if I, if I remember right. And they, that's, that's in within their grasp for sure. Oh, uh, did Pat, St. Pat's actually is up because of the success factor. All right, so they're, I mean, they're 4A. I know there's teams in that sectional that are like, whoa, that team kind of popped out of nowhere and it's better than we thought. And to your point, I mean, that's a team that just has to play good defense. They don't even have to play great defense. If they can just play just solid, good defense, I've pointed out a number of times where they have a team that has put up over 65 points or 70 points in a game. I mean, they're one of the highest scoring teams in, in the Chicago area. Uh, so they, that's not their problem. They can put points on the board. I mean, even a Loyola team that keeps, that, that will grind you and, and keep scores low. I mean, Loyola scored 65 on them. So I think that was the total they had. So 69. I, 69. So, I mean, it's, um, it, it's a team that, that has enormous capabilities offensively. And if they can just play good defense, not even great, they're, they're going to be a big threat in that sectional. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Pinson next year. I mean, he's the one who stepped up at the end. I think he scored like their last three or four buckets, you know, trying to keep them in that game. Uh, it was nice to see a junior step up like that because I generally haven't seen a lot of that. Well, he's smart. He's heady. He has a great feel. Uh, super thin, rail thin uh, guard. But, uh, yeah, he, he's been a, a bright spot in that junior class for sure. He's vaulted up my rankings for the, in that uh, class of 2018. All right. Well, it's into some surprises. We got some surprises. We're just going to kind of hit today. Uh, we're going to, and some of these teams that we're going to talk about right now, we got five teams that 
to us have surprised the most. And some of them we've talked a lot about, maybe some we haven't talked as much about. Uh, we had a, basically a Wheaton Warrenville South episode about three podcasts ago, and that's that's one of those surprise teams. I mean, they had a good nucleus back, Mike, but in that DuPage Valley, it was supposed to be Naperville North and everybody else, and the way it's played out, it's Wheaton, Wheaton South and everybody else. And they have been just a team that you, you, you're not going to put a cap on what they're capable of doing in, in, in any individual one game because they have shown what they're capable of. And it's a potential sectional championship team that it, 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 the, the contrast that you would see if these if this super sectional materializes, Bolingbrook and Wheaton South, wow, that would be, I mean, we thought, you know, the whole North Lawndale Wheaton South thing was fun. Uh, that thing would be just having watched old Bolingbrook the way they play. And this surprising Wheaton South team, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's funny because I, I spent it still spend an awful lot of my life defending my Wheaton South ranking. I, an awful lot of people didn't listen to our full podcast episode on Wheaton South. Um, I mean, I just yesterday I was talking to somebody from the city that had no idea that they beat North Lawndale. So I mean, it's. I don't, I don't know what to say to that, but yeah, we know Wheaton Warrenville South is the truth, and they were a huge surprise for me, so much bigger than anyone on this list. Yeah, they're it's not even. Yeah, close. they're 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 definitely the biggest surprise of, of the year. I mean, I, I mean, and, and it's even surprising when you go and you watch them the warm up. Yeah, oh, <laughs> and you, yeah, exactly. and you you are still surprised because it's just it's a special, unique group of kids that have come together and have bought into everything Mike Keeley is, is preached. And as a result, it's, it's what so many other teams out there in the past and in the future are capable of doing if they were, but it just doesn't happen. This is not the norm. This is not something that we see all the time. And it's because of that, again, that chemistry, teamwork, ball movement, um, Knowing your role, all of it, and uh, that that's Wheaton South. All right, next up, um, I'm going to go with uh, Fremd here, who, you know, a surprise definitely because they're undefeated. I think, you know, most people would have figured they'd have been the second best team, you know, in the conference behind Conan. They've been a very solid program for a number of years now. Bob Budlowski does a good job, but there, there's so much cohesion, very much like Wheaton Warrenville South because they don't have any size either. You know, I think the biggest player is six four, and you know he kind of plays out on on, on the wing. But Fremd, boy, the, the ball movement, the defense, the way they wait for the perfect shot, the way they take advantage of other teams' mistakes. You know, they're an impressive team to watch. It can be kind of frustrating if you are into shot clock basketball. Uh, I've taken to, I believe I've mentioned this, counting their passes per possession because there's not a lot else to do, and we'll get up to 23, 24 sometimes, regularly more than 12. So it, it's that kind of thing going on in Fremd. They don't have a ton of great wins. They got challenged greatly by Team Joe Likes Grant last week, barely survived one by two. But they got that win over Notre Dame twice, um, two wins over Conant, and that's what got them ranked where they are. Yeah, I mean, that's, those are, you know, four and a half good wins. I mean, <laughs> I, I just... Uh... I, again, it's the sum of the parts, man. I it, it's just again doing that story and talking with those coaches, and just you could literally 
taking a tape recorder and, and just listened to one coach and then replayed it for the next coach, the next coach, the next coach, because he all said the same thing. I mean, they will pass up, and, and it's to credit to these kids, They will somebody will pass up an open look and because they know that's not their shot or that's not their place. It's their, not their role, and, and they will wait for a better one. And, it, it, again, it's another unique situation. But, yeah, I mean, of all these teams on my – I mean, the teams are talking about that are ranked – you know, Wheaton South, I do that top 65, which is, you know, give or take what you want, those bottom 20. But uh, Wheaton South wasn't even in the top 65. Yeah. Geneva was. <laughs> yeah. Fremd was. Uh, I mean, Fremd, I think, was 38 or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, – they're going to – the big thing is going to have to try to find a way to – one beat prospect in what is a likely mid suburban league clash at the end of the year for the East versus West, and then find a way to somehow beat Conant again for a third time, which is never going to be easy. Um, any regardless of the situation, but especially this one. Uh, I want to do Willowbrook next. Uh, Willowbrook scenes. So. Yeah, I mean it's you know from a record standpoint, uh, this is a monster surprise. They have one loss on the season. Which I happen to see, so I was I'm bad luck for Willowbrook since I was only one to see that loss. But they lost to Hinsdale South back in December, and then they rattled off a whole bunch since. Again, another team with not, you know, a ton of big wins, and well, they don't have any ranked wins. They beat Downer South, which was ranked at one time at the very beginning of the season. Uh, but it's a team that I've written about of as kind of just being rejuvenated even after Alonzo Verge departed after his sophomore season. Uh, Ethan Schumer has been <clears throat> huge for them, a junior, six-foot-five kid who, who just pr- ultra-productive. Kind of the unsung player for them is Freddie Clay. Now, they, they're, 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 he's a senior. Now, they're very young. They got last year, Chris Perkins brought up four sophomores and a freshman. And they, they struggled, as you would expect. But Freddie Clay is a senior who, who, at the guard spot who, who really, really kind of Sets the tone for them, I believe. And, you know, she's Mike. They're, I mean, this is a – if you look up the history of Willowbrook basketball, it's pretty non-existent from the time they won 21 games in 1972 or three or something like that to the year Verge did it uh, two years ago. And now they're already at – I can't remember if it's 19 or 20 wins, 19 and one. They're, they're going to break the school record for wins in the regular season. So – uh, kudos to Willowbrook and Chris Perkins for a, a program that is doesn't have any basketball history and is doing some big things. Yeah, in my book of 80 teams that I keep track of to start the year, Willowbrook is a team that was not in it um, to start the year. That's pretty shocking that they wind up ranked now. I did jump they, – uh, they got one of my back pages now because I noticed after the win against Stag which was like the fourth day of the season. Still one of their better wins. Um, they, they've also knocked off Proviso East, which doesn't have, you know, they're not the typical Proviso East team, but I saw them give Fenwick a heck of a game at home. So they have beaten some good teams. You know, they don't have that win over a great team yet. Right. Um, and I'll be interested to see because of that where they get seated in the sectional. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, that, I mean, they could go into that sectional seating, meaning 20 or the sectional seating week, 23 and 1, 24 and 1. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's crazy. Uh, next up, Geneva, team I saw for the first time this weekend. Saw them handle Larkin pretty easily. They are 
unbeaten, and man, I was impressed. Um, yeah, Mike and I were both at that our first, you know, uh, look there, and you're right. I mean, they and it was interesting. I was at the uh, Batavia Night of Hoops the next night in that area again, and and a number of coaches that have seen them a lot said that was the best they had played all year. Maybe so, but like you just said, they were impressive. Yeah, well, yeah, I think they beat Larkin by three the first time. So, I mean, you can see the point difference right there. You know, it was a 12-point win. I love Matthew Johnston. He is one of my favorite players in the area. The kid is so underrated. He can do so much. You know, I liked him last year. I was pretty excited about Geneva last year, and they kind of flamed out on me in the playoffs. I think I'd picked him pretty far, if I remember correctly. So I was excited about this team. This is the not a huge surprise to me. You know, three guys back from a team that was good. But I had no idea that they had so much... These two sophomores were starting and playing so well. Jack McDonald was a real force in that game. He's a 5'10 sophomore. Mitch Mascari is a 6'3 sophomore. He was the other starter. It's not a super deep team. I guess that would be one of their... Uh, yeah, they're six deep. Yeah. You know, they go six deep. And, um, you know, they got a good nucleus of, of seniors. But I, I, I do think after having watched them in the summer and, and, and knowing what they had coming back, but... Jack McDonald to me is the is the key because what he has added uh, in the backcourt for them, uh, kind of running the show there, and, and Johnson's kind of a like just what you said. I mean, he's unheralded, unoverlooked. He's an athletic kid who can make plays with athleticism. Uh, you know, a six three wing. So I, yeah, I mean, this is a a good looking group that their sectionals changed this year, so that's a little interesting that they were. Sent all the way to Hinsdale Central as opposed to being, you know, with the Jacobs and and the, and uh, out that way. But uh, yeah, I, I, they're they're good. They they don't have a single game against a ranked team all season, so there are, you know, there's still question marks about that. You know, I while Larkin is, I don't know. I mean, they're Saint good. Charles East has been ranked, so they have won. Say you had St. Charles East ranked? Yep, they were in for a week. Wow. What week was that? Probably after they knocked off St. Charles North. Oh, that first beginning, early December. Yeah, let's see here. They were... uh... But, yeah, I mean, Geneva will get St. Charles East, St. Charles North again. And that's going to be decided if they can finish off this remarkable... I mean, you're talking about undefeated season... And again, another school that under Phil Ralston, the last four or five years, they have won big. They have won a lot of games. Obviously, they finished fourth in the state two years ago. And this this team is doing things that team didn't even do in the regular season. So it has definitely been a – I think the undefeated record is definitely a surprise. But um, yeah. The fact that they're going to be a number one seed in the sectional as well. I mean, I would have never have guessed that when the season began. Yeah, and they they aren't like these other teams. I mean, Joe mentioned a little bit, but they are athletic. They have size. They have some playmakers. This isn't a team that's just doing they, it on. They can knock shot multiple guys, yeah. and that that was the thing too in the story. I mean, they uh, that I did coaches commented on is this: they have they don't have the one star. Uh, but they have multiple guys. I mean, they have five guys, five, six guys that can hurt you on a given night. They, they ran quite a bit more than recent Geneva teams. Um, they, they were a little careless, too. They turned the ball over 15 times, more than Larkin, 
which you're not going to see. I think Phil Ralston's letting him play a little bit because he knows he has some talent out there. Um, it, they're quite a bit different, I guess, than these other surprise team we're mentioning. To me, they're the first one that has a really interesting ceiling, even though that sectional road is rough. Um, next up, <laughs> the Steelman of Joliet Central, who um, I believe Scott Phillips has them ranked. I do not right now. They, they've only lost to um, <laughs> Geneva, or sorry, to Manuka this season, but they've, they've all, oh, sorry, they lost to Bolingbrook by five last week. Um, they've also beaten Manuka by 40 points, I believe. Joliet Central is a lot more like the kind of the, the Wheaton South and the, uh, the Fremd. It, it's a team thing. Jason Bingham, you might remember him from Joliet West. He's, he's over at Central now. He can score. He can get to the basket. Uh, Jose Grubbs is their leader. Great defender, great athlete. You know, he's a winner. We've seen that over the last couple of years. Jojo McNair, the football star, is kind of their junkyard dog type. He, he, you know, can low double doubles in there. Does a lot of things, but a lot of credit to Larry Thompson for this one. I thought this team, I knew they had the pieces to be good. We saw them almost beat Joliet West last year in the playoffs, and, and almost everybody was coming back. Um, well, except for their best player. And then I knew they were getting Bingham. So I knew they'd be, you know, in Joe's rankings, maybe a high 40s type team. But I, I had no idea they'd be sitting here at 17 and 3 at this point. So that, that's where the surprise comes in. Yeah, I, I saw them down in the State Farm Classic at Christmas time. And, you know, they, 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 played, they played really hard. And I, I think if you had to look at these five teams – well, I guess not. I was going to say that there's a difference between surprise and over. If you had to pick out one of these five as the most overachieving, which one? Like overachieving, not surprise, but overachieving, which one would you pick? Definitely Wheaton South because of their resume. They have the wins to back everything up. Yeah, I was trying to think of personnel, talent-wise personnel. The only reason, like, I mean, they Dylan Durrett's a pretty darn good player. Um but yeah, you're probably right. I, I probably go Wheaton South as the most overachieving team, which I guess is why I should why I should stick to my Mike Healy as coach of the year. But uh, we'll see how that plays out the rest of the way. We also have some surprise players, Mike, that I wanted to hit. And well, while I'm talking about, it, I'm Dylan Durrett. To me, for on my list is the biggest no namer come out of nowhere on any ranked team in, in your rankings. He's averaging probably, I haven't checked recently at one point, you know, uh, 17 or so a game, eight rebounds. He provides them some length, some athleticism, and a team that doesn't have a whole lot of it. And Dylan Durrett has, has gone from an absolute nobody to a pretty coveted small college prospect and the leader and high uh, leading scorer for a team that's in your rank, I think, sixth in your, in your ranking. So, Dylan Durrett is definitely the biggest surprise individual player to me uh, in the Chicago area this year. Yeah, he has uh, definitely led that team to some special stuff. You know, I have a little bit of trouble with this one. Um, personally, I, I have a lot of disappointments. I have, you know, I don't have the one guy who really kind of shocked me that came out of nowhere. I was actually very impressed by Evan Taylor of Glenbard West, who uh, um, you'd pointed out, and I went out to see him that week. I thought he was excellent. He's a junior 6'5 kid. Um, mm-hmm. Or sorry, wait, sophomore? Sophomore, sophomore. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was very impressive. He was someone I'd never heard of heading into the year. I liked his game an awful lot. I think he's got a real high ceiling. But I, I went with 
somebody who wasn't a huge surprise, but and I was one of the, the first big backers of him, Javon Freeman at Young, because he's even better than I ever thought he could be. I mean, I'm starting to wonder just how high his ceiling is and just what kind of year he's going to be able to put together as a senior because right now, I mean, there's a handful of guys that can hit 30 points a night, and he's one of them. You know, I'm talking about in, in a high-level game, two ranked teams against one other guy who can really explode, and Javon Freeman has proven to be that guy. And Tyrone Slaughter said something interesting about how when Javon Freeman has the ball, what it just does to their offense and to their team because he's such a threat in so many different ways. And as good as Lucas Williamson has been, and he's been a surprise too, the emergence of Javon Freeman, basically not as a complimentary piece, but as a true Guy, you got to focus on if you're the opponent and a really dangerous threat. I think he's been maybe my biggest surprise of the year with just how good Javon Freeman has been. And he gets better and better every yeah. week. I mean, every time you see him. Uh, and one more surprise for me, Malik Bins from Bolingbrook. Not we, we've known about Malik Bins since he's a freshman. He's been at four different high schools. It's been well documented. But what Malik Bins has brought to that Bolingbrook team, I mean, I he's averaging 14 points a game. I'm not sure, close to 10 rebounds probably, but it's the presence. He, he I mean, I, I've always wanted Malik Bins to kind of know and accept exactly who he is, and he has this year, and he has bought into it as his physical force, just a, again, a presence around the basket, rebounding, takes up space, and he's been ultra productive in some big games for them. So Malik Bins has been, you know, we, we, we've known about him, but his production and and – what he has done for that particular Bolingbrook team, the number one team right now, what, what is, a, is a surprise to me. Oh, is that true? I, boy, and it's not even – I don't even care what his numbers are. He scores at the moment that makes the difference. It is always that moment where they shouldn't have had a basket on that possession, but they get it because of something he did. Or, you know, when they desperately need one because the other team is on a run coming back, it's Bins. He has Energy this, plays. Yeah. In that, or uh, the, the, those dunks he had against Juliet West that were momentum, either killers exactly, or yeah. – I mean, it Total was just – backbreakers. <laughs> I mean, he has just been – He's just been a monster, for, and I would have never of. I thought he'd be a really good role guy, but he's way more than a role guy for Bolingbroke. Yeah, he has just killed some teams. He, no, he's a definite key to the uh, undefeated season. I guess my the true surprise I do have um, at a lower level than some of these guys, well, maybe not. Um, Elliot Seeger from DePaul. I mean, yes. goodness, have, I, I don't, he's no. There's yeah, Mike. You're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sixteen and six. Yeah. They're six and one in the Catholic League, just a game behind Fenwick, and. Not to steal your thunder, but no, yeah, he, yeah, he's averaging I think fifteen or sixteen a game as a freshman, and he's I mean, so that, composed and he's playing the point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been, no, that's that, that's definitely one. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are those are those are some kids that out there that obviously that we talk so much and you 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 get certain names ingrained in your head and some of them we've known and you know I've known Seeger's name coming up, but I would have never expected that. Yeah, and you know, good to, you know, shout out to Tommy Kleinschmidt. He's been playing young kids, you know, and it's been nice to see. And I mean, Perry Cowan and Elliot Seeger, a lot of places, they'd be coming off the bench and getting good minutes. You know, they're good players, but it's nice to see these guys get these full-on roles as young kids, and I think it's going to help them. You know, I think we'll see it pay off in the next couple of years for both of them. And then it's like real quick hitting surprises, Mike. I just wanted to throw out a couple of real quick ones. Uh, I... I the the West Suburban Silver Conference, uh, Hinsdale Central at seven and zero, 
ding, 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 big surprise. I, I saw them at Thanksgiving, and I said, okay, this is one bad Hinsdale Central team. Well, shame on me. They're 7-0. and you know, they're 12 and 7 overall over teams that had some big expectations in that league. Oak Park, Downers Grove North, and then Lions Township, who I loved all summer long, loved their nucleus, and uh, they're sitting at 2 and 6 now in the league. So that's one surprise in, in a conference for me. Um, you know, a, a surprise in, in, in statewide Mr. Basketball conversation and high major recruiting. Mark Smith, I know it's out of our area. But you talk about a major surprise and the amount of calls I'm taking in the last from just this week, Duke, Ohio State. I mean, all these schools are coming in and asking about this Mark Smith kid from Edwardsville who in the fall, Mike, took visits to Wright State, Northern Illinois, and SIUE and didn't commit, didn't sign, and then poof, here we are now. That's that's one of the bigger individual surprises and rises I've seen in a player in a long time in Illinois. All right. You uh, ready to take a look at the week ahead? Yeah. It's not a great not week, a week, but yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. And route a few of them anyway. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, it's gone as you'll be listening to this, but um, North Lawndale at Orr, both those teams are tied for, I think, what, second in the um, Red West. That's a big one. I'm going to go over to Uplift at Lincoln Park. I haven't seen Uplift since Proviso West, so I'd like to take a look at them. And Lincoln Park's always a fun team for me. I think they've got a lot yeah, of Yeah, they're sneaky dangerous. I yeah. saw them take, uh, you know, uh, St. Charles East at the Hinsdale Central Tournament, and uh, they got, you know, some shooters. They got, they're they're dangerous. It's um, a fun little gym to see a game in, too. Mm-hmm. Never dull. So that should be a decent Wednesday. Thursday, pretty bad slate, but I'm going to go to Sandberg at Stag. Haven't seen either team. I have to renew my uh, John Content crush. Sandberg <laughs> also has like a 6'7 um, prospect. Yes. Uh, Barlow Aruzzi or something? Yeah, 6'8. Oh. Yeah, he, yeah, he's intriguing. 6'8, step out, knock down shots. So I'm going to check out those two. It'll be actually kind of fun. I'm going to do that. Kind of my theme of the week is going to be seeing some new teams. And then Friday, there's a decent slate of games. It's not great, but DePaul at Fenwick, um, which is a good game. Maybe one of the best of the night. I'm just, I've seen Fenwick too much. And depending on what happens, the Loyola Fenwick game could be really big. Yeah. Uh, Marist at Notre Dame. Another one that might be the best game of the night, but I've seen those teams recently. Um, North Chicago at Grant is where I'm headed. They are in first and second in the uh, new, um, what is that conference called? I've already forgotten. The Northern Lake County, is it? Uh, ah, you stumped me on that one. Yeah, yeah. That new, yeah, Northern Lake County, yeah. North Chicago 9-0, and and Grant 7-1. and So I, I, I was like watching North Chicago. Um, Simeon Henton's a fun player to watch, and Joe's been filling my head with good things about Grant, so it's quite <laughs> they a nice yeah. They cracked the Hoops Report top 65 at number 65, so hey. That's where I will be. Kind of an underrated one. Keep an eye on it. Bolingbrook at Lockport. Lockport up and down. Not a ton of talent on the floor, but they've given some good teams some fight recently, and Bolingbrook could be looking ahead to their big game on Saturday down in O'Fallon. So watch that one. Also, Geneva-Batavia. That's a heck of a rivalry. It's at Batavia. And they played them tough the first time. Yeah. I mean, for three quarters, it was right there. So not a not a star-studded night, but those are, you know, five good games. Um, Saturday, not real good around here. Um, it's I don't even know where I'm going to go yet. I haven't decided. We've got St. Pat's at St. Viator. We know Viator can pull the upset. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. Also, the afternoon matinee at 1, Hillcrest at HF. 
Um, always a fun game to go to. I've just seen way too much of HF for the rest of my life. I might um, check out Elgin and Naperville North, Cortez you know, Cooper. I wondered about that too. So yeah, all right, maybe you're. Um, That's maybe, at East Aurora High School. Yeah, they have, and Aurora Christian has a player, right? Jake Wolf, yeah. Yeah, in the game afterwards. So okay, I could be persuaded. I have not <laughs> chosen yet. But that might work. I always like to see Elgin play, and then the big one down in O'Fallon. Um, not as big as it could have been. Yeah, I was going. I was all sold. I'm heading down, and then no, no, uh, no Jordan Goodwin, no Demonte Williams, no Christian Negron, no. Yeah, there's the you know Brandon Hurts is no longer with Marion Catholic. So yeah, they had great. They have a really good lineup, Mike, and uh, they do a great job down there. They it's organized. It's a it's one of the top handful of events in Illinois, and. Uh, it's just been decimated though by by these injuries. I feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean they they set up one of the best matchups we've seen all year: Jordan Goodwin against Nogel Eastern, and now it's not yep. happening. Uh, the other games for uh, those of you listening: Bloomington plays Marion Catholic, Champaign Central plays Larkin, Belleville East plays Bolingbrook. Another test for the Brook. Morgan Park plays Webster Groves out of Missouri, and then the Altoff Evanston game. So it's. A lot of action. I, I believe it was online last year. I know I watched. I, I don't know if I paid or not. <laughs> but. And that that uh, Morgan Park game is going to be featuring the two, arguably the two best point guards in the Midwest in the junior class, Iota Sumu and Courtney Ramey um, for Webster Grove. So that's going to be a, a sensational individual matchup in addition to the game. Sounds good. We will have public league playoff pairings for the next show. We'll also be doing the mailbag, so I guess we'll hit those two things next week. And uh, I think we kept it to a reasonable under an hour time, Joe. Yeah, I think we're under 45, you know? Maybe. Oh, no. We might have talked for a little <laughs> bit ahead of time, but we, we better stop while we're ahead. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.